Welcome to We Are His Servants Bible Study, a Bible study that breaks down each book chapter by chapter to give you a little bit more insight and application in your daily life. No matter how long you've walked with Jesus, there is something for you. Please hit the follow button and check us out on all major platforms. Now to the show. All right, so here we are again, take two, now that the mic's on. All right, so we are in uh, Genesis chapter 26. Um, this is Matt uh, with We Are His Servants Podcast. Thanks for joining us. Um, as way of introduction, um, first of all, if you've been following along, thanks for following along. We are officially halfway through Genesis, um, now that we're starting chapter 26. So um, really what we're talking about in this chapter is the son of Abraham, as we've been following his life him and Sarah's life, um, and now their sons. We kind of go through the genealogy of this family line, and this chapter kind of brings some of those promises to reality, and some of those mistakes of the father kind of happen again. Um, so I, I kind of think of this this um, this chapter as the apple doesn't far, fall from the tree, or like like father, like son, or something like that. But it's a new generation, but it's the same old story. So what we'll see here in as it begins, there's another famine. Another famine, which is causing Isaac to take action to do, you know, to change his his course in a sense. So uh, it's kind of subtle, but as you read it, you'll see that um, he 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 goes, he leaves where he's from. So he's in Canaan, and he kind of starts to go. Um, it, you guys kind of look at a map to understand what I'm saying, but he leaves and he finds himself talking to. Um, king Abimelech, this is probably a different king than we talked about in chapter 20. It's probably the son of the, the king Abimelech. Um, so he's actually leaving. He's leaving this promised land and heading towards Egypt already. Um, not a big deal, though, because God calls him out on it. Uh, you'll see immediately that God is like, hey, I know what you're doing, but I want you to stay, stand fast, stay where you are. And, you know, and it goes to this whole beautiful picture again that we see of the Abrahamic covenant is now given directly to Isaac. He gets the full picture. The same thing that Abraham was promised in Genesis chapter 12, chapter 15, and chapter 17. Now Isaac gets that reinforcement from God himself. God himself actually speaks to Isaac and says, you know, just like I told your father because he was faithful to me, um, that you will also be like him. Your offspring will be just as his was, essentially. You know, you know your offspring will be the stars of the heaven. And he hits him with, with the same things that he was told his father was told, which is basically that he's going to be promised with land, um, with blessings, and with a great nation. So it's the threefold promise that we've talked about several times. We'll actually talk about that again with um, with with uh, another son of a son here here soon in the verses to come. Um, so, like I mentioned, this this chapter is kind of the same old story. And if you don't pay really close attention, you might think you know you've already heard this or we've already covered this. And yes, that is true to an extent. If you were to go back and read chapters 12 and chapters 20, it's basically replaced the name Abraham with Isaac, and it's basically the exact same story. But this version is, or this version, this story is different, and I think you catch that in, in verse 1 immediately when it states basically this is a different famine. This isn't the same famine as Abraham. It's a different generation, and every generation has their own life to live, their own trials to overcome, and their own faith to prove. Um, so I think that's an, a, a point and a very important distinction here. Um, but just as God gives him this promise, you know, we're seeing here in the first, you know, four verses, essentially he goes to move. God gives him this promise, says, stand strong. You know, I'm on your side. Immediately, immediately Isaac makes the same mistakes as his father. So he ends up in Gerar, which is where Abimelech is, this, uh, you know, this, this, this king that we've kind of heard talk about before, uh, this Philistine king. And it's an interesting thing that happens here is now 
Isaac falls into the same mistake and says the same exact line of his father and calls his wife his sister. So here we are again, take three, because this happened in verse, in what, chapter 12, chapter 20, and now in chapter 26. So we kind of got the son acting like the father here. But um, the good news, at least in this story, is that it doesn't last long. We're, we're kind of fortunate that the very next verse, after he says, this is my sister, that the king here, Akim Abimelech, sees, uh, we'll call it some... Uh, a little bit too much of some uh, public display of affection or something like that. He catches something going on that's a little strange. The King James says it. That the, let me find it here. I think it's verse nine. Um, he, he calls it sporting. He's sporting with his his sisters, but actually his wife, which is a weird way of stating it. I think we can we can let our imaginations do what it will there. But so he sees it. He's not he's not ignorant. He's not a dumb king. Um, so he calls him out on it. Um, he. You know, he goes and he talks to him and basically says, look, this is not your sister. Um, why did you do this? And he gives the same old story that his father gave, essentially, which is, you know, I was afraid because she's beautiful of what, you know, like what would happen to her or to me. Um, you know, basically saying I was afraid that, you know, I would be killed because she's my sister. Um, Abimelech here, though, basically says that you will be protected and so will she. Um, just as Abraham was protected with Sarah, basically, you know, he's going to, Isaac and Rebecca will also be protected. So he stays and he dwells there for a, a little time. Um, and he becomes very, very, very like abundantly blessed and makes a fortune, we'll call it. Um, it actually states that he was made a hundredfold from all of the things that he, everything he reaped or everything he planted, he reaped like a hundredfold of. To the point to where actually they became envious of him. The Philistines envied him. Um, and it, you know, it didn't really go his way in this sense. He, he got so much that people began to dislike him. Um, and to the point to where the king here, King Abimelech, actually had to come to him and say, we need you to go away because you're mightier than us. Um, and this was, this was physically displayed in the fact that the Philistines had actually started going and filling up his wells. Um, filling up all, all the places where he had, you know, dug to get water, which again, if you've heard us talk about it, the well is very important, especially for like him as a, him and his father as nomadic herdsmen, you know, that well, that, that was a source of life. Um, so they're filling in his wells. The king says, you become too powerful. You need to leave. So he leaves. He leaves. He doesn't go too far away. He goes into, uh, the valleys of Greer, which isn't too far away. And he starts to dig wells. Um, in the process of digging wells, uh, he starts to dig up his, the wells that his father used to have and starts to dig a few of his own as well. And there are the herdsmen of Guerrero are starting to quarrel with his herdsmen. So they're not getting along still. And basically as he would dig a well, they'd fill it back in or fight over it. Um, so that happens two times. And then he moves and goes to a third place and digs a third well. And in this case, they eventually like let him be, they let him have his well. Um, so a little bit of peace is made there. Uh, so he goes on digging, digging wells and, and naming them just as his father did. And he's blessed. And then God comes to him again and basically says that, uh, restates the covenant to him that, you know, he blessed him and that he's going to multiply a seed, um, just as he was going to with his, his father, with Abraham as his servant. Um, and then he builds an altar. So just like his father, we talked about so many times, he builds an altar, altar, pitches a tent and digs some wells. Um, so there's a, a really big covenant there between him and God again is renewed once again. And then as we start to get towards the end of the chapter, Abimelech and a few of his other guests, the other guys come to him and basically make a peace with him. Um, 
And I, I kind of think about this as the fact that he chose the high road. He left when he was asked to leave. He went. He didn't cause a fight with any of these other guys when they were filling in his wells. He just went his way and went on about his work and went on about God's work, you know, digging wells, building altars. Um, and they noticed it. They paid attention to it, and they recognized that he was a man of God. So Abimelech came to him and said, you know, um, well, when he came to him at first, Abimelech comes to Isaac and says, why have you come to me? Because you hate me. And he said, you know, we're coming to you because we can tell that, you know, God has his hand on your life. It's basically what it comes down to. Um, they have a feast together and everything's awesome. Uh, I, again, I think this is due to the way Isaac handled everything. I can't help but think back to Genesis uh, 14, verse 14, where, you know, his father, Abraham, at one point got upset, got, you know, 318 trained men and went and like got Lot back and killed a bunch of dudes. So I'm sure, I'm sure Isaac has some trained servants as well. But he didn't choose to go that route. He went the high road and just went on about God's work here. And they came and recognized that and made peace together. Um, then immediately dug another well. And that well was full of water again. So they're blessed again with another well. Um, that name was called Sheba, uh, which is the seventh well, uh, which is also referred to as um, basically the Lord is here, um, the seventh well or the well of oath. Um and then right at the end of the chapter, it kind of switches gears completely, and we go into Esau. Just a quick little two verses about Esau and his life. Uh, Esau, of course, the son of Isaac and the twin brother of Jacob. Um, he kind of went against the patterns uh, that were established by Abraham, uh, that the descendants should not marry any women of Canaan. Um, so he marries two women here, actually, um, both Canaan. And I think that's kind of why we see him defined in, in Hebrews 12, uh, 16 as a sexual uh, an immoral and ungodly man uh, who sold his birthright for a single mill. Um, so that's pretty much the story of 26. Um, it's it's Isaac and his start to move, his his you know, him prospering, him being pushed out for being so prosperous, uh, digging wells, pitching tents, building altars, making peace with kings, and then a little bit about uh, um, the uh, the in there about his, his twin brother. And that wraps up 26. We will see you later. Bye bye. Hey everybody, thanks for listening. It is John, Matt, and Nick. You know, our thing and our big takeaway from everything that we're doing right now is to help you find Christ. Without Him, we would be nothing, and this podcast would be nothing. In Romans 10, 13. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And that's all you need to do. You need to profess your love for Jesus Christ, open your heart, and let Him into your life. Uh, Find a friend, tell them, pray about it, do whatever you got to do. But there's a reason that you are listening to this podcast. If you're already saved, go save a friend.